Hey, thanks so much for listening to Sandals Church. Our vision as a church is to be real with ourselves, God, and others. We hope you enjoy this message. Hey guys, welcome to Sandals Church, man. I'm so glad that you are joining us here today. Whether you're out of campus, watching from Sandals anywhere, man, or you're just home alone, or you found us on YouTube, man, that's always amazing how people just find us on YouTube and God does a work in their heart through YouTube, man. It's just absolutely incredible. So I wanna begin today by doing something a little different. Uh, all of us, even though we're in church and we're seeking personal healing, we realize that the world is at a really, really crucial place. I mean, all of us have issues that matter to us, things that, that we're passionate about. Some of us are, are passionate about social justice. Some of us are, are passionate about uh, global warming. But let me just say this. There's no social justice if there's no people. Like if we're all dead, it doesn't matter. And global warming is not nearly as important right now as a nuclear winter. And so these are issues that affect us all, all races, uh, um, all sexes, all, all, you know, just, just no matter where we are in the socioeconomic spectrum or, or what nationality we are. We have people that we never know and will never meet that are making decisions that could affect us for the rest of our lives and affect humanity for the rest of history. And so what we want to do today is, is we just want to pray for Ukraine. But I don't just want to pray for Ukraine. I really feel led uh, this week that we're supposed to give some money towards uh, just what's going on in Ukraine to help people as they try to escape. To try to, I know you've all seen on the news all these single moms who've had to leave their husbands. We have members of our own church whose brothers and fathers have not been able to leave Ukraine. Because if you, if you fall between a certain age, women and children are allowed to leave, but men are not allowed to leave. They are there, every man of fighting age has to stay. And so we've had family members in our church who've had to say goodbye to other family members and they've not been in contact. We have Russians in our church who are heartbroken over what their leader is doing, just like us sometimes, right? We don't always agree with what our leader does. And so they're just tore up about this. So I feel led, uh, and this is important, I was talking with Pastor Dan, our executive pastor this week, uh, to give an offering. I just wanna pray for Ukraine, but give an offering for Ukraine. And so here's the number that, that he suggested, and I think it, it works so uh, impressively for us as a church. We're celebrating 25 years as a church this year. We were started 25 years ago, right? On a whim and a prayer. We did everything wrong. But you know, our first year, our first year, our entire budget for Sandals Church was $30,000. Now, I don't wanna give $30,000 this week. I think we need to give 10 times that to Ukraine. I want us to send a check for $300,000 this weekend. And here's the thing, some of you are not in a position to give, and that's fine. But if you can, join me. Tammy and I are gonna give to this. We're gonna give over and above. We're not taking it away from God to give to Ukraine. We already give to God, that's his, but we feel led to do something different and something special. So if God touches your heart today, whether you're sitting in service or you're watching from home, would you join me in not just praying, but saying as a church, in Jesus' name, we wanna bring healing to Ukraine and we wanna help these families. Man, we wanna help what's going on in Poland and all the surrounding countries that are taking in over 2 million immigrants in just a few weeks. I mean, think about that. Think about how much, how, all the challenges that go into that. I don't know if you're gonna be a part of that, but I know that's what we're gonna do. And so I wanna invite you to pray about today. God, what would you have me give? And then I wanna challenge all of us, because not all of us can give. 
I mean, we have college students, you know, they don't have $3. But you do have a personal relationship with God. And you can join me in praying today. So I'm gonna invite all of you, everybody in the studio right now, and, and everybody from every campus, would you just stand right where you are? Uh, even if you're watching from home, would you stand? Would, would you join me right now? And, and let's just come together and let's say, God, we need you. We need you. And let me just say this, this is not God's fault and this is not God's problem. These, this is human sin on display 24 hours a day on the news. So many people like to blame God for everything that goes on, but it's almost always our fault. And this is the result of the West ignoring this threat for years. And this is the result of Putin's own sinfulness and selfishness. And we wanna pray that God touches his heart and the hearts of those around him because there are people that still have access to him. And we're gonna pray for those people that they could speak sense to him. And we're gonna pray for the leaders of the West. Man, that they would, that they, that they would do something that is, that is better than themselves. I have very little confidence in our leaders. Uh, I worry, and, and you should worry when we look at who's in charge. They, they need prayer. And some of you are like, well, I'm not praying. You need to start praying Amen. right now. And uh, we wanna pray today that God would do something. So would you just join me in praying if you just lift up your hands to God right now. Say, God, th this is a big issue. This is bigger than me. This is bigger than us. This issue affects the whole world. God, the decisions that are being made this week could affect our future forever. And Lord, I know so many of us as Christians, we just like to fall on the old saying, well, you're in control. And God, you're in control of what you choose to be in control of. And right now, Lord, Putin is in control of what he's in control of. And so we ask that you would touch his heart. His heart is hardened. His heart is wicked. We pray that you touch it. Lord, if there are enemies and spiritual powers at work here, we pray that you remove them. We pray that you convict him. God, I pray that, I know that he's not allowing Russians to see the truth, but I know he's seeing the truth. And I pray that when he sees dead babies and he sees dead mothers, he would realize he's done this and he would be convicted. And God, I pray that his advisors would figure out a way where he feels like he can save face and he can pull back because Lord, I'm sure he realizes he made a huge mistake. But like all of us, when we make mistakes, we don't, know always, we don't always know how to get out of what we got ourselves into. And so I pray that you would help him figure out a way to get this out. And God, I pray for the wisdom of the West because we have lacked it. I pray that we would have the wisdom to figure out how to help bring Zelensky and Putin together so that there is a solution to end this madness. So Lord, we can begin to work together on issues that affect us all. Heavenly Father, we pray in the powerful, mighty name of Jesus. You said in your word, when your people who are called by your name will humble themselves and pray. Well, God, we're humbling ourselves and we're praying. You've called us to seek your face. We're seeking your face. We're turning from our sin. We're asking you in Jesus' name to heal our land. We ask this in Jesus' name, amen. Thank you so much, God bless. Grab a seat, grab a seat. You know, when a couple of weeks ago, I, I shot a prayer video uh, live at our 11 o'clock service at Hunter Park. And you know, most people, oh, this is great, but you know, it's amazing. There's always somebody who can find a reason to hate anything, amen? You know, it's like, oh my gosh, you know, my, my cancer was cured and there's a hater, right? It's just like, 
It's like, where are these people? They're just in a basement waiting to ruin your day. But you know, there was this person who said, go ahead and pray, Sandals Church. It won't make a difference. It won't make a difference. And look, I think that's fine if you're not a Christian, but some of us are Christians. And, and honestly, we believe a lot like that heckler. We believe prayer doesn't make a difference. And you know how I know that? You don't pray. You don't pray. Some of you are having marriage problems. Do you pray together? Some of you are facing a health crisis. Do you pray? Some of you lack wisdom. Have you prayed? We're in this series called Healer where we're, we're asking God to heal us. God only heals those who pray. Look, even non-Christian scientists in hospitals, they see a difference between those who pray and those who don't. That's why hospitals hire chaplains. Think about that. That's just, that's just like a line item in the budget. I'm sure everybody in administration would like to eliminate, but they know this. When people pray, they get better faster. Isn't that interesting? That our hospitals know what our church has forgotten. We're in this series called Healer. And I wanna challenge you to become a prayer warrior and to start praying for God to do something, not just in our country, not just in our world, but in our lives, in our lives. And so today I wanna talk about how to discover God's will for healing. So we've been talking about for the last couple of weeks, like every prayer is answered with a yes, with a no, or with a wait. And I had somebody tell me, Pastor, I, I love the yes and the no, but the wait messed me up. It messed me up. Man, that's always sad, right? When I bring messages that mess people up, man. I'm like, I'm here to help, Lord, not make people worse. But some of us, man, we just like, I don't even know what to pray for. I don't know what God's will is. And we're gonna talk about that today. How do I figure that out? How do I know what God wants to do? Because by the way, that's what it means when Jesus says, anyone who prays in my name, they will get what they ask. He doesn't mean you slap his name on something. What he means is when you discover what I'm gonna do, you're gonna get it. So how do we discover it? How do we know? And today we wanna talk about that. We're gonna be in Luke 5, 12 through 14. Again, just a couple of verses, just a few verses that can change your life forever. Jesus is in a village. He met a man, listen to this, with an advanced case of leprosy. I tell people all the time, the doctors, people when they get a terminal illness, they always wanna know how much time I have. Let me tell you something. Your time is not up until God says it is. And you don't need to ask the doctor how much time you have. You need to go to Jesus because he knows how much time you have. This man had an advanced case of leprosy. Now in the ancient world, they had no idea how this disease spread, but they knew it spread. It's a terrible disease. And not only when you got this disease, did you, did you die, but you were instantly isolated from your family, from your friends, from your children, from your job. And everywhere you went, when people would encounter you, it was your job to announce to them your condition. So you just had to scream out, unvaccinated. I mean, no, uh, I'm sorry, I'm sorry. That's, that's our issue, right? That's our issue. Everybody in Canada, relax. Everybody in Canada, relax. Too soon? Too soon, too soon, yeah. No, you don't yell unvaccinated. You yell leper, leper, unclean, unclean. And so people could have time to avoid you. 
And you'd have to announce that to your own grandma, unclean, grandma, unclean. The world didn't know, didn't know what to do with leprosy. Even in our own modern times, we didn't know what to do with leprosy. If you visited the Hawaiian Islands, you know the Hawaiian Islands had a whole, an entire island designated just for people with leprosy? And nobody would go visit them. Nobody would care for them. The amazing thing about leprosy, though, is it broke down racial boundaries. Do you know that? You see, if you're healthy, then it's, am I a Jew or I'm a Gentile? When you're a leper, you come together. Isn't that amazing? When we know we're sick, we know we need each other. One of the things that impressed me the most was when I went to Washington, D.C., you get to see that every single state has statues of people from their state in the capital. The state of Hawaii has a priest. His name is Father Damien. And oftentimes, right, the Catholic Church gets a bad rap, man. There are priests that love Jesus. And Father Damien was one of those priests. And do you know why his statue is in the capital? Because he went to the island with the Hawaiians who had leprosy. And he ministered to them. You want to know how Father Damien died? Of leprosy. He died for the people of Hawaii to love those that were the most sick. And that's why his statue's in the capital. But Father Damien understood what Jesus understood. People that are desperate need attention desperately. And so Father Damien, he couldn't heal like Jesus did, but he could love like Jesus did. And so he did. So when the man saw Jesus, he bowed with his face to the ground, begging to be healed. Man, if you've never been there, you may one day be there crying out to God, God, please save this marriage. God, please take this cancer. God, please heal this disease. And here's the thing, for so many of us, this is exactly what we want to avoid, but this is the, maybe the very thing we need so that we meet Jesus. And this man says some of the most impressive things that you will ever hear. Lord, he said, listen, if you are willing, Man, that's the question, right? What is the Lord's will? What is his will? If you are willing, you can heal me and make me clean. What, 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 a, what a statement. Oh, Lord, I want to see my family again. I want to hold my children again. I want to visit my wife again. Lord, if you're willing, you can make me clean, right? We don't know what God will do. We can never forget what God can do. And Jesus reached out and touched him. Listen to this. And he said, I am willing. I don't know if God's gonna heal the Russian-Ukrainian conflict, but I know that he can. And so I ask that he will. I ask that he will. Jesus reached out and he touched him and he said, be healed. Can you imagine commanding healing? I mean, I'd do it all the time if I could do it. <laughs> Just be healed, be healed. Even like the hard people in our church to love. Not you, other ones. 
We call them EGRs, extra grace required. <laughs> be healed. Be healed. Devil, be gone. Be healed. And instantly the, less, the, the leprosy, what? It disappeared. You see, this is one of those diseases where you don't just feel it on the inside, but you can see it on the outside. Oh my gosh. Instantly he was healed. And then Jesus instructed him not to tell anyone what had happened, but he said, go to the priest and let him examine you and take along the offering required in the law of Moses for those who have been healed of leprosy. Isn't that amazing? This will be a public testimony that you have been cleansed. You see, here's the thing is, when somebody tells us they've been healed, we don't always believe them, do we? So he had to go to the priest to get a certificate that said, I've been healed. I've been healed. So what is the Lord's will today for you, for me, for your marriage, for your life? What is the Lord's will? Now, Ephesians 5 means lots of things. So I'm not talking about everything in Ephesians 5, but I wanna pull out one verse from it that I think is appropriate for our sermon today. Ephesians 5.17, Paul says, therefore do not be foolish, which unfortunately is some of our spiritual gifts, amen? <laughs> I mean, some of us don't know how to make a decision unless it's a dumb one. <laughs> one of my favorite lines from Dumb and Dumber is, well, I'm gonna go with my gut on this one. <laughs> yes, Lloyd, that's what you always do. And then he picks up the hitchhiker who's there to kill him, remember? <laughs> yeah. Why isn't you all know Dumb and Dumber, but you don't know the Bible? Everybody, everybody in here is like, amen, amen. He said, don't be foolish. This is a command, but understand what the will of the Lord is. Some of you have never thought about that. You yell at God why, but you never really ask why. God wants you to wrestle with why. The name Israel means to wrestle with God. That's what the name means. What it means is we don't always get it, but God enjoys the wrestling match. Now, just so you know, you'll lose, but he's gonna let you feel like you're winning. So I can discover God's will for healing by doing a couple things. Number one, and this is so important, and we need to never forget this. We need to never move past this. This is both the beginning and the end of healing. This is both varsity and freshman level healing. Never forget it. Personally ask Jesus for a miracle. That's how you discover his will. If you don't ask, you don't know his will. Lord, if you are willing, when the man saw Jesus, he bowed with his face to the ground and he begged to be healed. Lord, he said, if you are willing, you can make me clean. Over and over and over again. You should be tired of hearing this in this series. You have not because you ask not. And some of you are like, well, I don't know what God's will is. Well, how would you know? You haven't asked. You haven't asked. Can I just tell you something? Jesus asked. He tells us to ask him. He asked his father who's in heaven. Listen to this, Father, if you are willing. Does anybody hear a theme? 
Father, if you are willing, remove this cup from me. What is Jesus saying? I'd rather not be crucified. I'd rather not go through this hell, Lord. Nevertheless, not my will, Father, but yours be done. Man, why are we so afraid to ask God for a miracle? Week after week, I have to beg people to come forward for prayer. Can I just tell you, it's always appropriate to ask for healing. It's always appropriate. It's always appropriate to ask to avoid suffering. Anybody who says they look forward to suffer, suffering has issues and needs therapy. Okay, the Bible doesn't tell us to enjoy it. It tells us to embrace it because sometimes we have to suffer. Can I just tell you, Jesus will not answer every prayer for healing with a yes. He won't, but he might. That's why we ask. Every, answer, every prayer will be answered with a yes, no, or wait. So how do I discover God's will for my marriage, for my life? I ask him, I ask him. God will reveal things to us. He will reveal it. Even if he doesn't heal, he will reveal. So ask. Because here's the thing is, we don't all get out of all suffering. We don't all get out of all disease. Life is risky. None of us are making it out alive. Why is that a shock? I mean, we go to funerals shocked. Wow, another one died. Yeah, they all do. They all do. You can do nothing about your future death, but let's do something today about how you live. So number one, don't ever forget it. Don't ever move past it. Ask. Ask. And if you get a yes, you know God's will. And here's the thing is, well, how do I know if I got a no or a wait? I don't know. Number two, searching for God's will while I wait. First Peter 4.19, therefore, let those who suffer, listen to this, according to God's will. How do you know if it's God's will? Are you suffering? Then it's his will. Then it's his will. Let all those who suffer according to his will entrust their souls. Oh, I should have done a whole sermon on this. Entrust their souls to a faithful creator while doing good. Can I just tell you that my clearest words from God have come in my deepest moments of pain? People look at me and they, oh, sandals, must be nice to be a mega pastor. Let me just tell you, man, I feel like a gladiator who's just the last guy standing. And the deepest wounds have come from those that were on my team. Oh, didn't see that one coming, wow. <laughs> I thought the sword was for the enemy, oops. I'm just a battle-tested gladiator that's still standing by the grace of God. And so are many of you. God doesn't remove all suffering because suffering allows us to become who he's called us to be. So what do I do? 
I have to learn to seek God's will while I wait. Some of you are waiting. But there's a purpose in your waiting. God, what is your will? What is your will? Are you willing? I will discover God's will for healing. Listen to this, this is huge. By spending time with the healer. How many of you like being used? I hate it. How many parents feel like an ATM? Well, that'll preach. Listen, God doesn't want to be your ATM. He wants to be your Savior and your Lord and your friend. Sandals Church is based on a handful of verses. You say, why is that? Because that's all the verses I knew when I started the church. <laughs> right? Like, if you only memorize one verse, find a way to quote it. <laughs> but a lot of you know our vision is to be real. And it comes from John 8, 32, the truth shall set you free. But that's not all he said. Listen to it in context. So Jesus said to the Jews who had believed in him, if you abide in my word, you are truly my disciples. And then you will know the truth. And then the truth will set you free. Now the English word abide is from the Greek word meno. What does it mean? I don't even think we know what this word means anymore. You see, you used to say something like this. If you went to a court case and then you get to a mediator, the mediator tries to find a point of agreement between you and your opposing party. And if they say something, you would say, I can abide with that. So what's happening between Putin and Zelensky is they have to come up with an agreement that both can abide with. Let me translate. I can live with that. Let me ask you this. Have you listened to the word of Jesus, the commands of Jesus, and ever said, I can live with that? How, let, me, let me change it a little bit. I can live according to that. Why is it that you don't read your Bible? You can't abide with it. I don't want to, I mean, you know. I mean, I know what it says about divorce, but Lord, you haven't met my wife. Right? That's probably while you were single, Jesus. You know? You know what it means? You know what you're telling Jesus? You refuse to abide. When you refuse to abide, you are not set free. So here's how you experience healing. Spend time with the healer. Abide with him. Abide with him. And that's how you'll be set free. We can learn so much from Jesus. And some of us think all we need is the miracle when what we need is the miracle worker in our lives. That's what we need. What happens if God heals you of your disease? You still got to live in this world and it's crappy. And some of you, you I, I want healing for my marriage. Yeah, he might heal that issue. There's issues tomorrow and the next week and the next year. There are things about your spouse you don't even know yet that are going to drive you crazy. It's gonna happen. I mean, that's the reality. So spend time with the healer. Every single story that's in 
God's word, the gospels, Matthew, Mark, Luke, John. And let me just tell you this, they're not long and they're not a lot. You just don't have any discipline. And some of you guys are like, wow, I just, you know, I'm not ready for Bible study. Look, Jesus doesn't lead Bible studies. He talks to people, talks to people. And what does that mean? He wants to talk with you. And I hear people all the time, well, I've never heard Jesus. Well, he's spoken. (laughs) And I know this because they wrote it down. Do you know that people have died? They've given up their lives so you could read it. William Tyndale was burned at the stake by the church so English-speaking people could read the Bible in English. He was burned at the stake so you don't have to burn in hell. It's simple. And some of you are like, well, I'm not a good reader. Man, the translations go all the way down to first grade level. That means there's hope for you. You can get there. You're like, ta-ha, ta-ha, the. <laughs> Got it. Right? But let me just share this with you. Some of you are trying to understand God's will. And I want to take you to the temptations of Jesus. Some of you have never thought about this. But the temptations of Jesus are insights for us. It's not just about him. It's about you and me. And let me just touch on one of the four temptations. Then the devil took him to the holy city and he set him on the pinnacle of the temple. This is 250 feet in the air. And he said to him, if you are the son of God, throw yourself down for it is written, he will command his angels concerning you and on their hands, they will bear you up lest you strike your foot against a stone. What is the devil tempting Jesus to do? To be flippant with his life. Here's what the devil would tempt you and I to do. Go jump off a building and if it's God's will, you'll die and if it's not, you won't. That's stupid. The devil is tempting Jesus to be flippant with his life, listen to me, and not take responsibility for his choices. And some of you, you make foolish decision after foolish decision after foolish decision. And you keep asking God why your life is a mess. And here's why. You have listened to the temptation of the devil. And that is to be flippant and foolish with your life and ask God to fix it. So many women in our church, man. I don't know what the problem is with every man in the world. It's either four billion of them that have a problem or your selection. You've all heard me say this. I think you have a broken picker. You're drawn to the devil's choices. Some of you guys are just as bad. She's so hot. Did you know, guys, everything beautiful in nature is usually poisonous? Don't eat the beautiful frog. Go find the big, ugly green one. There we go. Isn't it interesting? Nature warns us. It's pretty. It means it's deadly. 
Listen to what Jesus says. You shall not put the Lord your God to the test. And that's what some of us have done with healing. God, if you're real, you'll heal me. God, if you're real, you'll fix this. God, if you are who you say you are and we draw a line and we do the very thing Jesus says not to do, don't test God when it comes to your miracles. Take responsibility for your choices. God is usually not in the business of fixing what we chose to break. Why would God choose to save you from the consequence of your choice? That's why he puts commands in his scriptures. Don't do that. Don't do that. When my kids were little, I tried to tell them what hot is. It's hard to explain things to kids when they don't know what it means. Don't touch that, it's hot, right? I remember I came home from work one day and my middle daughter was just tears in her eyes. I said, what's the matter, sweetheart? She said, Daddy, I touch it, it's so hot. <laughs> it's so hot, Daddy. I don't know how many times I told her, don't touch the flame. Oh, but it's beautiful, isn't it? Some of you, you have to feel the burn so you don't do it again. You don't do it again. Some of you, you look at me right now, you hear nothing, you're looking at her, she's so hot. She's so hot. And the Lord's like, don't touch. Don't touch. And then some of you are in church today. You're going to come forward for healing. I touch. It was, it was so hot. It was so hot. I, I got burned. It's okay. We'll pray for you. We know. We know. We touch hot things too. Yeah, we know. But here's the thing is, here's the dumb thing I hear Christians say all the time. Well, God's in control. You know, you know why we say that? So we don't have to take responsibility of what we're in control of. I had a pastor tell me this. He does no evangelism. He reaches out to no one, doesn't know why his ministry isn't fruitful. You know what he said? He said, God's in control. I said, but what has he put you in response? What has he given you responsibility for? Your job is to grow the church. Your job is to teach people to evangelize. Let me ask you this. God's in control of what? Whatever he chooses to be in control of. That's what sovereignty means. But as sovereign, God has put you in control of your life. It's why he held Adam and Eve responsible for their sin, because he put them in control. You see the trees there, so the choice is there. And some of you are like, oh, well, I don't know why the world is the way it is, so that you can take control. And you are stronger than you think. We're gonna talk about this next week, about how to experience healing. Can I just say this? God is not in control of your bad choices. He has placed things in your control and you can do more than you think. You are a child of God and you have the Holy Spirit inside you. You can do better. You can do more. You're stronger than you think and you're more powerful than you know. And part of the reason the world is in the mess that it's in is because nobody takes responsibility for anything anymore. So God's gonna allow you to experience the consequences of the decisions that were in my control. 
And can I just say this? If we learn to pray for wisdom more, we could pray for miracles less. That was better than your response. <laughs> Isn't it interesting? We always want God to fix the decisions we made without praying for wisdom before we made the decision. That doesn't mean that you're responsible for everything, but we are responsible for most things. If you gain tons of weight and you're not healthy and you smoke and you never exercise, there's a consequence that's coming. And it's not God's fault when your body falls apart. It's not. And let me tell you something. Listen to me, old people. I'm right there with you. The older you get, the more control you have to take over your physical health. Okay, when you're young, you can be stupid, but not forever because it will catch up to you. It will catch up to you. So I will discover God's will for healing by spending time praying with my church family. I can't tell you how many times, man, I hear that people made terrible decisions and I ask them, did you pray with anybody before you made this decision? I didn't know I was supposed to do that. Have you ever read the Bible? Have, have you ever read the Bible? Christianity is a one another religion. It's a with others religion. It's not just you and Jesus. It's you, Jesus, and Jesus people. Matthew says this. He quotes Jesus. For where there are two or three gathered in my name, that's prayer. I am there among them. I'm there among them. Galatians 6.10 this is Paul. Therefore, whenever we have the opportunity, we should do good to everyone, especially to those in the family of faith. That's why we pray with you, because we're supposed to, especially to you. It drives me crazy when people apologize for asking me to pray for them. It's my honor to pray for you. It's my honor. Are you kidding me? Of course. I'm glad you asked. Let's do it right here. People are like, right here? I don't care where we are. I prayed for somebody a couple weeks ago in the gym. All these people focused on themselves, just looking at us. What is going on? We're praying. What are you looking at? <laughs> you would have thought we ran to the gym naked. I mean, people were just like, what is going on? Pray. Don't, be, don't ever be embarrassed. Don't be embarrassed. Teach your kids to pray over their food at a restaurant. Don't be embarrassed. The reason people look at you is they're convicted. So when you pray for someone, some of us are scared to death, right? Scared to death. We're gonna get it wrong. Lead them to Buddha, right? Well, uh. <laughs> when you pray for someone, keep it short. Why? That's what Jesus said. Remember him? You don't have to go long. He already knows what you need. You just have to keep it honest. Keep it short, keep it honest. Keep it short and keep it honest. And so from the day we heard, listen to this, we have not ceased to pray for you, asking that you may be filled with the knowledge of his will in all spiritual wisdom and in understanding. What on earth should we pray for that we would know God's will? And I know some of you, you're going through a relationship crisis. You want a divorce. Is that God's will? Let's pray. I think some of you are afraid to ask God because you don't want the answer. Should I take this job? Let's pray. 
You need people in your life that will actually pray for the will of God. A couple of years ago, I had a church member that came up to me. This guy's a big time leader in our church, a personal friend. And he said, you know what? I've been offered a job at another church. He said, would you pray as to whether or not I'm supposed to take it? Now, let me just tell you, I never like it when people leave Sandals Church. And any pastor that says it doesn't bother them is lying. It's a terrible thing to pour into people's lives and have them go somewhere else. It hurts. But he asked me to pray. He asked me to pray. And God was very clear. He was supposed to leave. And so I told him. You know what he said? He said, I never thought you would say that. I didn't think you would want me to leave. I said, you didn't ask me to pray about what I wanted. (laughs) You asked me to pray about what God wanted. And God said, you need to go. You know, he left discouraged. You know why that is? Very few of us actually invite people into our lives to pray for God's will for our lives. And here's the thing, even fewer of us have a friend that will actually do that. You know what most people do when you ask for their advice? They go, uh-huh, 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 totally, absolutely. Yeah, even if it's the dumbest idea ever. <laughs> now they'll talk about it on the way home in the car. Yeah, I don't think she should have done that. <laughs> but to your face, to your face, you know why they won't tell you the truth? Because it will risk your friendship. That's why we need people. That's why we need the church. Do you think I should do this? Is there a Bible verse that I'm missing? Has God already spoken to this? Is there something that I'm just not clear on? And invite people into our lives. That's how we find out God's will. So we spend time with the healer and then we spend time with the healer's people. Next, we listen for the voice of God's spirit. Jesus said this, when the spirit of truth comes, he will guide you into all truth. He will guide you into all truth. When's the last time you asked the Holy Spirit to guide you? 1 Thessalonians 5.19 says this, do not quench the spirit. Say, God, what do you wanna do? What do you wanna do in my life? When's the last time you cried out to God and you said, God, I don't know what you wanna do. Holy Spirit, I need you. I need to hear from you. I met a young man yesterday just, just for a quick meeting. And he just, he texted me a couple weeks ago and I knew this young man when he was in high school. And we had met a couple of times, but he's almost 30 now and we've kind of lost touch. But he said, Pastor Matt, I wanna tell you my story about how God healed me, about how God healed me. He was a teenager and he became paralyzed. It started off with just losing strength, feeling tired, And then it got to the point where he could not move. And the doctors didn't know what was wrong with him. Did every kind of test they possibly could. I mean, he was describing the medical tests that he went through. It was barbaric. That's why they call it medical practice. And he was in so much pain. Finally, they did a spinal tap on him, which he said was excruciating. And he said he found out they had Guillain-Barre. It's a disease that completely paralyzes somebody. He's six foot eight and he got down to 130 pounds. Do the math. But they gave him a treatment and he was healed. And then he wasn't, it came back. It's very, very rare for this disease to come back but it came back for him. 
He had to go through all the treatments again. And then he got it. And then he got it again. And his doctor said, I don't know what to do for you. You need to go to an experimental hospital. And so he did. And he was told the grim news. In very rare cases, this disease is lifelong. And unfortunately, that's what you have. And so there are two treatments that we can do. Regular injections that are long and painful, or you can take this pill, but the side effect of this pill is leukemia. This is why you need to turn to Jesus. There's no side effect. And this guy's name, he gave me his permission. His name is Mitch. And he cried out to God. He was mad at God. He was angry at God. He's a teenager going through this. Some of us aren't mature to handle this in our 40s and our 50s and our 60s. Some of us aren't ready for this in our 80s. He's 18, 19 years old, and he can't even get a drink of water for himself. Can't dress himself, can't go to the bathroom by himself. Utterly humiliated as a young man. And he said he was angry at God. He didn't understand. And he cried out to God for three years for three years, demanded a miracle, yelled at God because he didn't get a miracle, was broken beyond broken. And finally, one day, listen to me, he asked his friends, could we do a healing service? And so his friends anointed him with oil and he said he changed his prayer. And he said, Lord, I know you can heal me. I just want to know if you're willing. And the Holy Spirit spoke and said, I'm willing. I'm willing. You know, he didn't tell his parents. His mom's in the room right now. He didn't tell his parents because he chose, he believed so seriously that he was healed. He felt something so powerful, he stopped taking his medication before he told anybody. He wanted to see if he really was healed. So he waited a month. Not the best medical advice. <laughs> and I certainly am not suggesting that for you. But after a month, he told his parents, and they were angry. Christians. And here's what his mom texts me. She said, I, I, I believe that God was going to heal him through very expensive medicine and experimental treatments. I had no room in my heart, in my, in my life, as a Christian, for God to just heal him. He has been disease-free for six years. Amen? Six years. And ladies, six foot eight, 200 pounds, and single. Hears from God. Hears from God and serves at our church. Pray that the Lord will speak to a lady today. He's a good dude. He's a good, good man. But some of you have quenched the spirit in your life. You say, I can't hear from God. God is like, I'm speaking. The Lord Jesus in Hebrews 5, 7 says this. While Jesus was here on earth, he offered prayers and pleadings with a loud cry and tears to the one who could rescue him from death. 
And God heard his prayers, listen to this, because of his deep reverence for God. If you want to feel God's presence, you have to learn to give reverence. What is reverence? I know you can. I'm asking that you will. I'm asking that you will. And let me close with this. We got to embrace the mystery of God's will on some things. I found out this last week that a young woman in her 30s, mother of several children, I've known her since she was a teenager. I have, I have this memory of her being about 15 years old, asking a question at one of my Bible studies. She's in her 30s, diagnosed with terminal cancer. Just the sweetest gal you'd ever meet. Can I just be honest with you? It makes no sense. She's healthy. Like she's healthy, healthy. Like she's probably never been to Del Taco in her life. You know what I'm saying? Like she's like, she's like one of those people, terminal cancer. And, and can I just say this? It doesn't make any sense. My wife and I have been praying for her every night as we go to bed. And you say, why, Pastor Matt? You know, the answer is, I don't know. When we ask for healing, we just have to embrace the mystery of God's will. God doesn't always owe us an explanation, but he does offer his presence. James 4.13 says this, come now, you who say, today or tomorrow we will go into such and such town and spend a year there and trade and make a profit. Yet you do not know what tomorrow will bring. This is God's word. What is your life? You are a mist that appears for a little time and then vanishes. Instead, you ought to say, if the Lord wills, we will live and do this or that. You and I are not God. And we have to embrace the mystery of God. He has a plan that's bigger and better than ours. And we must worship him even when we don't get the miracle we want. Let me close in praying for you as you pray for God's will, as you seek your miracle. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, in the powerful, mighty name of Jesus, I wish every story was like Mitch's. I certainly don't wish his suffering on any of us but I wish his miracle for all of us. But Lord, we will not all get his suffering and we will not all get his miracle. So Lord, help us to spend time with you. Help us to connect with you. Help us to be with you so that we can understand what your will is. And like Jesus, say these words, not my will be done, but yours. Help us to trust you as the God that you are. We love you and we serve you and we invite you into our lives and we ask for your presence and we pray that you give us the proper spirit of reverence. We pray this in Jesus' name, amen.